One day, an old man wanted to teach a younger man on the damage that gossip and words can do. So he handed him a knife in one hand and a pillow in the other hand. And he said, young man, I want you to go to the local market square and I want you to cut a big hole in this pillow and wave it above your head as quick and as fast as you can. So away went the young man. He took the knife, he took the pillow and he cut a big hole in the middle of the pillow and waved it above his head as fast as he could. When he returned to the old man's office, he said, I've done exactly as you said, old man. What next? Good. Tell me now, what is it that fell out of that pillow when you cut a hole in it? Oh, feathers, sir. Hundreds and hundreds of feathers poured out of the pillow everywhere. Very good, young man. Now, for you to really understand the damage that gossip does, I want you to go back to the market square and I want you to pick up every single feather which fell out of that pillow and put them back inside of the pillow. But sir, that's impossible. I've no idea where all of those feathers have gone. There's no way of getting them all back. And so it is with gossip. Every time you spread a rumour, every time you say a lie, every time a hurtful word comes out of your mouth, there's no way of getting it back. So I just want to warn you, young man, be very careful of the feathers that you drop going forward in the future. So that's really the number one thing that you and I as Christians should stop saying. We should stop starting sentences like this. I don't mean to gossip, but... Have you heard the news? Have you heard what happened to her? Now don't tell anybody this, this is a big secret, but Mr. We've really got to stop this gossiping really as Christians and it is a problem in the church sadly. But the Bible says this, a whisperer separates close friends. And the fact is this guys, if you're someone who spreads rumours, if you're someone who is given to gossip, you're going to divide people. The second thing that I think Christians need to stop saying is we need to stop telling Bible jokes. We've all heard them before with our Christian friends. Perhaps your pastor, perhaps a famous preacher you've heard, really makes light of the Word of God. But I don't think this is a good thing to do. You might think, Joe, come on, lighten up. You, you need to take a chill pill. You, you're going a bit over the top here. But I do believe this. I do think the devil loves it when we make a joke out of the Word of God. I mean, think about it. If our non-Christian friends, if our neighbours see us sort of making Bible jokes all of the time, well then they too will, will see this book as a joke. They won't take it seriously. And here's another thought for you. Did you know this book that you have in your hands this very day came to you on a sea of blood? People died for this book and we're going to make some smutty little jokes about it. Number three, we as Christians need to stop saying, this is the last time God, I'll never do this again. Have you ever said that before? I know I have. I remember when I was um, 19 years old and I remember tears streaming down my face and I was just crying out to God, please Lord God, I will never do this again. This is the last time. Now what do you think? Do you think I ever committed that sin again? I'm afraid to say I did actually. And it is tempting, isn't it? In the heat of the emotion, when you feel so broken, when you realise the sin has not satisfied you at all, to make vows to God, to make promises to God. But instead, rather, we should say, Lord God, help me to never do it again. I need your help. I can't do it on my own. Please, would you help me to never do it again? Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 4 says this. When you vow a vow to God, 
do not delay paying it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you vow. It is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. The fourth thing, the, the last thing we need to stop saying as Christians is we need to stop preaching in our prayers. Now, perhaps I'm the only one who's ever noticed this, and maybe it's not a big thing, maybe it's just something in my own head, but have you ever noticed when a pastor might preach a message and say the message is on how crucial it is to share the gospel with others? And then it comes to a public time of prayer at the end, and different members of the congregation start praying. And one of them prays something like this. Oh Lord God, thank you that you're going to save everyone anyway. Thank you that uh, there's no need for us to share the gospel. And here this pastor has just laboured this point that we do have a responsibility to share the gospel. And someone's got an agenda, they've got maybe a theological position that they want to preach to everyone else. Do you know how discouraging that must be for the preacher? And not only that, it causes division in the church. What should public prayer be about? It's not about a devotional, it's not about a time for us to, to have a little soapbox to preach all of our ideas. It's about lifting up praises to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's about adoring God so that the rest of the church might be upbuilt. It's about praying for that person who's struggling with something so that lady knows that you actually do care about the fact that she's got a knee operation next week. That man knows that you do actually care that his mother has cancer. That's what public prayer should be about. So let's just be very gentle and loving and not be divisive in our prayers but seek to build one another up and encourage one another. Just while we're talking about encouragement can I just say you guys at home have massively encouraged me. It's so nice to have so many new friends who've joined this ministry so thank you for subscribing and if you'd like to see my favourite messages they're just up here in the corner and if you haven't yet subscribed please do join this family. Again we'd love to have you part of Off The Curve Ministries.